If you can't get enough of the Mixing Music Podcast and want three times the amount of episodes every week, subscribe to our exclusive content for only $4 a month or $40 a year at mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Prime Video's Culture Rated Collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and with me, as always, is... Larry the Lou Guy. <laughs> okay. First thing, I thought you were going to go, little, little, little Lou. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> little, 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 that was a JoJo reference for anybody who gets that. Nobody's going to get that. And our ratings just went down. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's actually my nephew's favorite season of JoJo. Really? That's yeah. also one of mine as well. Uh, that's the that's season three, Jotaro. That's the, yes. When they go French, I think it is. Oh, is that? Is that the Italian when one? They're the yeah. No no no, it, no, 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 no. It's the one where it's no, all it's Jotaro. Dudes? It's no, no, no. It's it's Jotaro. It's before the Italian season. Okay. It's it's season three. Yes. Okay. Hold on. Yeah. 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 Because that's that's. Oh when they're in no their no no that's not the outfits. French dude. That's not the French dude. That's not the French dude. That's uh yeah his Japanese friend. Yep. All right. Anyway, welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. Uh, we are we are excited to be here with y'all today, and we have a good episode in store. The episode is about what it takes to m- not make it necessarily. But, but how like, to actually find more success in this and the, I guess the trials and tribulations that you had to go through to really see some output from it. Yeah. And I think this is like a pretty flexible topic it is. because one, if, so I think like the topic is like, if you want to work with bigger names, how to do that, mm-hmm. Lou and I, we've, well, 
uh, yeah, we've both like gotten in with a few bigger names, and then also on top of that, um, I person I don't know about you, but I personally like turned out found out that I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. So like, there's that perspective too. Yeah. But like the like, I know a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm so tired of of living here in nowhere, Delaware. <laughs> and and uh, it's like I'm just not getting the work that I want. Yeah, you know. So we're gonna talk about um, a few different concepts and things in order to prepare to work, level up your career, and work on a commercial level with bigger artists and what it takes. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna talk about building your career in that sense, but also kind of like the things that happen, things to expect as well. I think that's fair. Is that yeah, fair? I think it is. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So, so I have an idea of where to start. Yeah, go for um, it. Man. So you always hear people saying, you know, I keep trying and trying. Um, and, you know, what is insanity by definition? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Um, if you're not willing to make small changes in your actual workday, in your lifestyle, then this is not going to work out. Um, this is one of those situations where some of the things that you kind of have to be ready for is yes, eventually you may need to move, right? So sometimes you're gonna have to make a big change, but if the small changes are too much, let's say that you have to start wearing earplugs to protect your hearing, you have to try to network more, but you're socially awkward. Making small changes in your everyday life is what ultimately will help you get to that next part of your life. If you want to become the producer that everybody goes to, then everybody needs to know who you are. And you need to be able to showcase your work in front of them with some sense of pride. If you can't make that small change in your day-to-day by just saying, I'm going to try to reach out to two new people every week and just try to send them a folder of my music and see if they're interested in working together. Or and just then, trying to be their friend, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Don't even, don't even like try to push your stuff. Yeah. You don't even have to. Sorry. Like some of my favorite clients are literally people I met just playing video games You know, at the studio. They saw me playing Smash one day. We got to hang out and uh, bond over games, and then they're like, let me hear your stuff, you know? But, That's typically how it goes, I feel like. Yeah. Networking through yeah. friendship. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like the tryhards that like networks to network. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not as Like successful. you can tell them out at the party. Like yeah. when they're like, oh yeah, tap this, do that, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it seems like a lot of work for you to just give me your Instagram. Yeah. Um, or like, why would I hire you? I don't even like you. Yeah, exactly. So it's more about like getting people to like you in yeah. a in a natural way. <laughs> but if you're the socially awkward type and you're not really willing to, uh, you know, uh, make these small changes to to grow into the person that you seek to be, then honestly speaking, these are like the first steps, the baby steps. So part of these baby steps is honestly just learning to post on social media. If you're the type of person that doesn't actually like to be on social media all that much, I totally get it. I'm exactly the same way, but even I had to kind of get over it um, and just kind of start using things like CapCut to create little reels and little snapshots and things of that nature. But in today's world, like if you let's say you don't live in L.A. or New York or one of the major cities, unfortunately, you kind of need to find a way to reach out to people. Now, one of the good things that DK has done is with this podcast where, you know, coming from the Utah area originally um, with his career is just like, OK, cool. There's the Utah demographic, but obviously you planned to move to LA, did you not? Yes, for sure. Yeah, so using this podcast as leverage to kind of get your name out there is actually a good way to kind of start making these smaller changes. Even though it was for your company at first, it's a nice tool. It's a nice asset that helps your growth. So let's. I want to split these two things up that you're talking about, which are both super important: um, location and then networking. 
Um, I want to split these two up. So mm -hmm. if you want, there's a difference. So this episode, we want to kind of focus on getting to a position where you work with bigger artists, bigger names. Um, here's the deal. If, if you're in a local area or a small music scene area, there may or may not be a local studio that has one time in the last decade or two worked with a C-tier artist that's like still rumored to this day and it's like really big deal. Mm. Oh, BYOB came to this studio 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, or like, hey, um, you know, whatever it is. So, so that's like, typical for a local music industry uh, that's outside of the big cities. Now, here's the deal. In the last decade or two, you got one medium-sized artist to come through. Like, statistically speaking, <laughs> like, that's just a bad place to be putting your bets. Now, that doesn't mean the music scene is bad, but if you're trying to work with bigger names, location is the name of the game. So this is when uh, a big influence from this is when I was at Mix with the Masters with Leslie and I talked to Leslie. He had a lot of thoughts and compliments about my mixing and the, my mix's sound. Um, and I asked him, like, what do I need to do? I was unsatisfied and I thought there's another step for mixing that I could take. And I'm sure there was. But he mm -hmm. said, but he specifically said to me, in order to level up your career, sometimes it's not you getting better. Sometimes Sometimes it's you and your location and the people you surround yourself with. Yeah. So basically, he told me to move to a music city because it's not the mixing that's the issue. Yeah. If you want more clients, if you want to make more money, if you want to, if you want to be a bigger deal within the music industry, whatever. That sounds like a weird thing to say out loud. But if you yeah. want to do more, then you have to be in a location where they offer more. Yeah, your surroundings have a lot more to do with your actual output in life. It's the same reason you see people talking about you know surround yourself with people you aspire to be like. Because some of their habits eventually become your own. Well, unfortunately, that's not exactly the case in music. Um, everybody has a very different flow. And the more unique you are, the better off you are at the end of the day if it comes to, like, production or creative roles. But, you know, let's be honest. If, let's say, I were to stay in Lancaster where I was born, right? Um there's no music scene in Lancaster. There's no major artists coming out of Lancaster. And maybe there was at some point, right? Um, but it's not happening now. So the likelihood of me getting to work with somebody of a higher tier than, you know, other people are currently working with is so unlikely that I have to get myself closer to the action. I have to go intern for a studio that has the action going on, that actually has these clients booking out studio sessions. But if that's not currently happening in your neighborhood, you're kind of hitting the ceiling, you know? Like, once you've capped out on, like, the biggest artist in your neighborhood, well, you have to look outside of your neighborhood anyway. So you can only get as good as what your surroundings kind of make it out to be, you know? That's true. So if you want to... By the way, I don't believe you need to have... Uh, you need to be in L.A. or Nashville or somewhere like that, New York, in in order to make a living or to be happy or satisfied with your career. Yeah, yeah, you we're don't. specifically talking about if you want to work with bigger artists. Yeah. Then the B and A list. Yeah. Like yeah. And up. Like if you yeah. ever even want to work with like S tier S -tier, artists. S tier, yeah. <laughs> Which by the way is such like a Japanese tier listing thing. Anyway, we're not hey, gonna get into it. We can it. also do S R. There you go. And then uh um 
but anyway, so that's that's another thing. So I know we're specifically talking about working with with bigger clientele, not necessarily mm-hmm. success on a personal level. Because um, I could have stayed in Utah, been made a, a mo- more money, a lot of money, done mm-hmm. very well. Um, but uh, I also wanted the opportunity to work with labels on commercial music and stuff like that. So that's specifically what we're talking about. We're going to kind of kind of keep that in that frame of reference. So if you want to work with big labels, if you want to work with big artists, you've got to move to a big music city. The op- like now in like, for example, in Los Angeles, it's not that one studio that one- had that one C tier artist. It's every studio on the block consistently has S tier artists, A tier artists yeah. coming in. Some And it was like within the last three months. Yeah. Like there's all of the artists. Within the last week. Yeah, within the last week. So, I mean, then there's also the legendary studios where it's like an everyday, occurrence like the the scale of how much opportunity for big artists is just totally wild it's not once in a decade it's it's every single hour of every day there's a studio on every corner that has big artists so the second thing is how do you get into these big studios or get into his position i want to talk about split this up into two topics number one is the networking thing yep and i I want to also talk about two the skill thing so i want to first jump into the skill thing kind of just get that out there yeah the common question that i like to bring up is if you were being thrown into a room with drake right now at your experience level you didn't earn it you just you just got into it right now how likely are you able to keep your nerves and just do your best either producing or recording um or like with, well, with Young Thug, right? Who is an yeah. engineer himself. Like, would you be able to keep up under the pressure? Yeah. Like, these people are super experienced. They know what they're doing. They know what they want. At your level of exper- uh, experience right now, can you keep up and hold yourself together? And if they if they get mad at you, like, hey, like, you fucked up, man. Mm. Would you be able to keep your composure to continue to work with them in the future? Yeah, see, and I feel like that's in itself is a two-stager because there's the personality and there's the technical skill. Um, the personality almost outweighs the technical at a certain point because your ability to communicate effectively and know how to read the room is extremely important. If you're in a session with Drake, like, I hate to say it, but, you know, he's got his entire posse with him. Uh, it might just be him alone. It might be at his house. It might be at a major studio. So your technical skill needs to be able to cover everything from a home studio recording on a basic setup to an advanced studio where they can conform it to however you want. But if Drake says, uh, you know what, let's mix this down on the console, you better be ready for the console. But on a personality level, it, let's say that you don't know the console and you need to sum it down. Can you effectively communicate in a way where it's like it's not going to be detrimental to the session? If you need a little more time on something and he's trying to push you through it, can you communicate effectively like it's going to take two more seconds? Yeah. Oh, I'm also thinking like imagine someone that's really good at Pro Tools or like really good and at everything. And they've just never worked with a big artist. So it's like they're they just like they're nervous. They're yeah. so nervous. Yeah. And then they get they get yelled at once. And then they like they just emotionally crumble. Like without naming names, we've we've kind of seen that already, even in our own studio, where like we've had people step up to the engineering chair, they have a tough session, and they're like, you know what? Not for me. Yeah. And that Not happens all the time. You'd yeah. be surprised how many people it happens to. Yeah. Like they, they knew what they were doing. They just uh social setting of it all was not for them. I, I think it's like pretty common for these big engineers 
uh, modern and old, mm -hmm. to have like horror stories. And the reason why they're legendary now is because they were able to, they have the patience and the capacity and the confidence to be able to just deal with the horror stories that roll along. Granted, the horror stories are just once every once in a while yeah. but I mean there's a lot of people that can't handle it even once yeah. um, and that that's another thing too like another thing that we always joke about and say is if you want to eat if you have to eat shit don't nibble just yeah so it's like there's going to be times where your desire to to work with bigger artists has to outweigh the level of stress that you're going to get. Because yeah. here's the deal. If you want to make more money, if you want to level up your career, that means you have to deal with more bullshit. Yeah. And if you do not have the capacity to deal with more bullshit then you will never be able to find your way to up that ladder. Like, it doesn't get easier at the top. Now at the top, there's potentially millions of dollars at play and at risk. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe these artists up there are are broke and they so they got like one chance. Yeah. They can't, there's a lot of stress at the top. And if you cannot deal with that amount of stress, then you're not going to be able to like stay up there and let alone come back, return back. So one is skill level. Are you able to hold your nerves, hold down, hold down? Even if you are experienced, are you able to keep it down? I think working with celebrities or working with people that are really high level is something that you should practice. Like the first time I met someone that was big, I was like, it's like, whoa, like I kind of got like shell shocked a little bit, like, yeah. whoa. And then uh, I wasn't able to perform at my best. And then there was another time where like that pressure was there. I was like super confident. I remember the first time uh, working with Trey Songs. Like I, I remember I called you. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? I was like, for some reason, I'm not nervous at all. I'm like really fucking confident. Yeah. And I was like, and and that was like one of the best as far as like an, an emotional mm -hmm. perspective. One of the best sessions I could have ever done ever. Yeah. But do you remember what one of the things that made him confident with you? It's the fact that you knew vocal production. Oh, right, right, right. So, well, there's a few different things. I, to be yeah. honest, like I really killed that session. Yeah. Like I'm confident he he's had very few better engineers in that yeah. time, and it wasn't because of my ability to use Pro Tools. Yeah, exactly. But that's exactly my point. Yeah. Yeah. See, the reason most people end up becoming somebody's personal engineer, if that's your goal, or the reason that somebody actually ends up getting the call back. You know, just for consistency's sake, right? Like it's a group of artists that you work with, but they all call you back consistently. A lot of times it's not your technical skill because me and you both have seen where like, you know, we question the engineer in the middle of a session when we get asked like, hey, um, this isn't working. We're like, did you lower the buffer? Like, is that why you have latency? Oh, you put ozone on the master bus while recording? Like this is odd but the reason they're getting the call to work with the artist because the artist believes them to be a good hang that they actually know what they're doing and what's best for the artist this and that and a lot of times it's not technically their skill that's getting them booked it's literally the trust and relationship they have with that artist mm. you know and that's where like the the marketing side of things i think is important you know i think the fact that you can build trust within your community even before they book you is a big factor in whether you'll get a call back or not. Because if you worked with somebody once and it didn't go well, you probably won't call them again. But if you could build trust in that relationship, even if there was a few errors, they might still call you back. That's true. That is very true. Let's overview what we've talked about then. So number one is location, 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 right? Mm -hmm. yep. Being being where there are opportunities. Yeah. If you want to, and that being said, again, that's separate from finding success in your local area, which you could totally do. 
Um, but if you're really competitive and that doesn't satisfy you for whatever reason, we won't get into the psychology of that, uh, then you want to go to a good area. Number two is experience uh, and skills, skill from a know your tools perspective, but also experience um, working with bigger names. And, and number three is very similar to that, which is um, being able to work under pressure. Yeah. Or uh, yeah, being able to handle these high stress scenarios. Mm -hmm. That is what you're talking about as yeah. well. It's, it's, it's a really big deal. Now let's go into how do you get into positions that do hire or get that call back, mm -hmm. right? Number one, it doesn't just happen overnight. Like, so if nope. you move to LA or Nashville or New York or whatever, uh, one, you have to build a reputation and know people. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways to do that, and this is the unfortunate truth, this is the unfortunate truth, is that if you are... um. To a point in your life, this is the reason why it's best to do this when you're young, when you can live on pizza every single day and it won't kill you. Like, this is why, like, the worst person to be in this scenario where they move and want to do this, and I'm not saying it's impossible, but it is probably the most difficult, is, like, a third, like mid-30-year-old brand first-time mom. Yeah. It's, like, that's probably, like, the most difficult time to do something like this because the fact of the matter is, like... um you got to be in a position where you don't have that many other responsibilities <laughs> yeah. and you don't, you don't have to take care of anybody else and you don't even have to take care of yourself because the way to get into these doors, oftentimes like being, being able and willing to take last minute, horrible sessions, yeah. horrible sessions, meaning like timing, like, okay, they call you at eight thirty PM to start a session at nine that goes till nine in the morning. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a red flag when, uh, when, uh, you get a last minute, late night call and it's for like an artist uh, that a manager is calling for and you're like wait i recognize that name what they don't already have like an, a go-to engineer there's, there's usually probably a reason why it's probably not the greatest session to get the call for right away yeah yeah many times the sessions you're after and this is the harsh reality of why you need to take these um less desirable sessions because I don't want to call them bad sessions. I've had many great last minute sessions, but I've also had like very, very awkward ones where like the artist didn't even record just because mm. they didn't know who I was. And they, felt I'm okay with those. Cause I'm just getting paid to sit there. Yeah. But it's awkward when it's awkward time for 12 hours. That's true. Yeah. It's but true. with that said, um, have you ever worked most, with an artist that are like so damn high? That's just like, they're just not there mentally. There those are a, the awkward There was sessions. a time where, we left an artist behind mutually. He was slumped in the chair. I remember that. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't that. deal That's with that hilarious. ever since that day. I don't deal with it That's at all. Hilarious. Um, but, um, the reality is this, um, the reason that you want to, um, you know, just eat shit for a while is that most good artists that everybody wants to work with that are great to work with and you have a blast working with their engineers aren't quitting anytime soon. Yeah. And those engineers are calling back trying to see when the next session is because they want to keep in rotation with that artist before somebody else gets it and stays in rotation. Yeah. Because those are the desirable sessions. Now, the ones that don't have a consistency in engineers, it's us it's usually not a bad thing. It just usually means that like they don't have enough work for the need of a consistent engineer, right? But that 
isn't always the case as well. You know, sometimes you're dealing with an artist that's much more difficult to handle. And the great thing about this is that management take notice of this. Mm. Management can see how you work with artists all the time. And that's actually one of the reasons I got booked a lot. And to this day, why I still get calls from like certain artists, managers, um, because they're like, hey, I like how you work with so-and-so. Like, I know they're not easy to work with. Like, I have an artist I've been trying to like get in the studio. Do you mind like giving them a shot? This and that. It's like, yeah, sure. No worries. You know, and the managers are starting to send me clients because they know that, you know, even if the session is difficult, there's a way to navigate it and get the job done. Yeah. You know, so once again, part of the whole like you got to eat shit sometimes because you have to build trust, not necessarily with the artist specifically, but the people that surround the artist sometimes. Yeah. yeah and I, and I specifically before mm-hmm. I use the example of like middle-aged brand new moms, but I think that in general, I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of people DM me and mm-hmm. a lot of people work with me and they're like in their thirties, maybe even their forties that want to do this. And it's like, what I'm not saying is that it's, I'm not saying that it's not possible, but I am saying that the best time in your life to do something like that, what you're talking about, like just being there and being available is when you're young. Because you don't, you don't have as much bills. You don't have as much like, you don't have as much responsibility and it's significantly difficult, more difficult when you are used to a full-time income and you're used to, and you have mouths to feed and you have people to take care of and you don't have time to just focus on yourself anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, It's incredibly difficult. So for anybody that's wanting to get music career at an, later age in their life Mm -hmm. and this is like i know i have a lot of friends who i deeply love and care about that are in this position they decided to do something else and now they want to come back into and do something creative most people cannot do that in fact i've had a lot of interns that are significantly older than me a lot of people that are friends are significantly older than me that wanted to do this or even similar to my age currently and it's just, I've never seen, it's it's never worked out for a single person. I've not, I don't know a single example. And I know a lot of people. Do you know a single example who like went from nothing to like doing okay? Yes, but that's not in music. Yes, specifically. As an specifically, engineer. Specifically, yeah. Uh, post-production yes but yeah. i also know okay that a post-production lot of, because there's actually careers in that, yeah, yeah there's there's like full-on departments and marketing firms and uh, editing union the editing guild oh okay that's God. different but yeah. specifically music yeah specifically music it's extremely difficult especially because you're dealing with two factors that also deal with age yeah one is knowing what's relevant today oh i didn't even which means that. You have to, like, and this is where, like, uh, me as a mixing engineer who likes rock and metal um, and banda and a bunch of other genres, like, I can kind of fit myself in different genres, and some genres have older generations, like banda music and all that kind of stuff, uh, like Latin music. Mm-hmm. They don't give a shit if you're 60. You can still make a 20-year-old bop. You know, yeah. they, they really don't care. But if you're doing something like um, hip-hop, like, depending on what, genre of hip-hop it is like you might not be in touch with it anymore which might also be your benefit it might be your benefit too but <laughs> if let's you stay say out that, of touch with it yeah, then like, let's enough. say that <laughs> you're in your 40s and you're trying to become drake's new producer you gotta have something that he's never heard before or something that's like a sample because he loves samples um of something really dope that nobody and, else has brought up which might once again might be in your favor and according to that last album that he just dropped um he doesn't even care how poor 
poorly you flip a sample. Yeah, like, exactly. It could be it a could very be poorly yeah. flipped sample. Yeah. In fact, uh, you could be like 12 and probably produce for Drake, according to his last uh, last album, bro. Those beats yeah. were just so uninspiring. The one with 21 Savage. It's a cool, cool album. Those yeah. beats are just so uninspiring. Uh, I, I hate to say that. I'll be open about it. Like I hate to I've say heard it was last album for me, but it's it's been no album for me, dude. This his the the lat the album before that where it's like a little bit more EDM. I think was way more inspiring. I'm Significantly not lie, yeah, more. Yeah. I was it was not well received by the general audience because it was so different. Yeah, but that's I thought it was way inspiring because it was different. I'm not gonna lie. That's actually like the one album that I was like. Okay, Drake, I like this little switch up. Like, yeah, I, I, I see your voice dope. fitting a little better for this. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I think that's true. It has nothing to do with age. What we're talking about has nothing to do with age, it but it has everything has to do with awareness of what's going on. Well, awareness with what's going on, but as well as like responsibilities. Yeah. Like if you have too many responsibilities on your plate, it is definitely definitely more difficult to do so. So if you are young, if you are in your late teens, like if you early have a full-time 20s, job that's paying your bills right now. You should not be quitting. Dude, yeah. If you really, really yeah. want it. Because here's the thing. It's like, the reason why it's okay for like post-production editing is because there's jobs, there's unions, there's mm -hmm. actual like benefits. They pay really well. Like that's something that you can transition into. But if you want to do music, there's no salary jobs like i've no. never heard no there's very few salaried engineer jobs and especially with then, benefits that's like you went to go work for capital yeah you got to go work for like i know like jenny works for spotify now spotify oh, studios shit, no way yeah she's been working for spotify and like um there's like there's like a few salaried positions but i'm not even sure they're w2 i think they might be 1099 they, they got to pay their own insurance yeah. like it's not gonna happen um yeah. that's the problem with having such a cool and high <laughs> the problem with having such a high value job in the sense of like so many people want to mix and want to record and want to do music and there's mm -hmm. actually so little there's so much competition so much um demand but not enough um not enough uh oh what am i demand versus supply, supply. there's not a lot enough supply of the job of like positions like that out there so it's now, like we'll say this uh you know I, I brought this up before in our like studio meetings but you know, there's a lot of demand for a good engineer. Oh. There's a lot of demand right now for, for a, a good great engineer. engineer. Yeah, especially from uh studios, uh hit up studios like And also, dude, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. A lot of people this is a great time to also figure out. A lot of people think that they're great, but then they move to LA and they're like, Holy shit, I don't know anything. Yeah, there was a... I know, because at the same time, there's a big need for great engineers in LA even, specifically yeah. because, not because there's a lack of engineers out here, there's yeah. way too many engineers out here, but all, a lot of them fucking suck. Yeah. A I, lot of them suck. Most of the great opportunities that I've found is because somebody sucked. Yes. I hate to admit Oh, that's it, a but great like, opportunity to yeah. swoop in and just win them over. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but like, uh, one of the ways I found a job once um, to mix an album, funny enough, was um, in Studio A. Uh, and I really hate like admitting to this because it, it, it feels dirty to me, just the way it happened. They couldn't figure out how to get the monitor controller to work. What? Yeah, they couldn't figure out how to switch speakers, even though the button that's really big and in the middle that says speaker one, and then right above it is speaker two, and right above that is speaker three. Uh-huh. And that was when we had um, the PMCs, the Quested's, and the JBLs. 
working. He couldn't so, figure out how to get the sound to work. Okay, so it's literally the, just a moron. Yeah, and so the client's like, oh, yeah, we're just trying to mix this record. It's like, oh, okay, dope. And once I got the speakers working, he's like, hey, do you mind just listen to it real quick and, like, let me know what you think? I'm like, of the mix or the record? He's like, both. I was like, sure. And I just kind of, like, pointed out the areas that should be corrected. There's not, like, some masking in the little mids and blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, just pay attention to that. Your engineer should have it from here. And he's like, okay, cool. And I stepped out for, like, two hours. The guy uh, walks out. He's like, yo, how much would you charge to, like, just mix these records? Because, like, this guy's making it sound really bad. I was like, oh. Yeah. Uh, like kicking him out of the room he's like no 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 like i'll just pass you the songs like after the session i was like oh it's that bad in there this is the place where black is the main character where we dive into something new like the latest season of them the scare and the award-winning american fiction or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend bob marley one love and add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Kern because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Yeah, there's that's great opportunity. Same thing with like my mixing yeah. stuff. They, you know, how many times, dude? This happens. This happened a few times last month. No, twice last month. Ooh. No, no, no. And once already this month is they hired somebody else, and it wasn't good. And good doesn't necessarily mean the mix was bad. The mix could be great, the, but the experience to was the bad. artist. Yeah, yeah the tra the experience was bad. Yeah. Is often the time. Like I would say, like three or four out of five times. It wasn't even about the mix. It was about the experience. Like, there was yeah. no communication. They didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. No emails back and forth. The engineer kept ghosting them. It took them forever to give them, like, a, like turn around the project or mm -hmm. whatever, do revisions. Yeah, obviously, the engineer just wasn't prioritizing this artist. Yeah. And uh, then they hire me. And my mix could have been worse and probably better, actually. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, now they're my forever client, and I make thousands of dollars off of them for yeah. over the, the coach of the next years. So it's like, it's it's... <laughs> but see, does it not like because we do this full time? Does it not feel like we still have to dedicate a good amount of time to that 
client experience. Oh, of course. So that's where, that's where my pride the, is. Yeah, and, my... but that's also going back to like if you have a full-time job, if let's say you have kids or something, not to say that having kids is bad. Like you have kids and you're oh, able two. to do this. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hoping to but have more. like you, you realize how much time you have to dedicate not only to your own responsibilities, but how much of a responsibility it is to make sure the client's good. Mm-hmm. Make sure that communication is there. That sometimes they'll try to hit you up after hours. And sometimes it's okay to have a conversation. But also knowing how to set up those boundaries. Like these are all things we have to learn the more we grow in this. But at the beginning stage, we don't really have that much luxury in saying, oh, I'll talk to you later. Sometimes you have to pick up a call at two in the morning. Yeah. You know, and that's uh, one of my favorite sessions that I talk about just because it was like a good learning experience. And like Anna fervently remembers this no is this um, about that band she loves no oh, okay. um the ray j session that i got invited to oh got it, um, got it, got it. i got a call at two in the morning Oof. um Oof. and it was one of the producers he's like hey bro like one of my hard drives just died and i'm in a session with like this big artist and like we're trying to play him the records that i wrote but like the hard drive won't come on like is there anything we can do i'm like um have you tried this have you tried that and i'm like trying to help him from bed and uh, he's like, dude, it's it's just not working. I'm like, all right. He's like, is there any way you can come through? I'm like, bro, like I'm in bed with my girl right now. Like, like you, seriously? He's like, bro, I could toss you like a hundred bucks. He's like, I'm like, all right. I drive up to North Hollywood to 17 Hertz Studios right there on Lancashire. And um, I walk in and he's like, yeah, the artist is in that room right there. And we're in this room. And then there's the live room. I'm like, okay, cool. So it's a hallway to three rooms. Um, but, um, he, uh, I fix his hard drive. I show him that the files are there and everything. He's like, dope. He walks in the other room, uh, hands over the hard drive to somebody and he, he walks back. He's like, Hey, the other engineer is getting tired. Do you, do you have any interest in actually like running the session? I was like, uh, for how long? He's like, for like four or five hours. I was like, sure. I walk in, it's a SSL console and everything. And it's Ray J in the booth. I'm like. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, it was one of those things where, like, if I didn't pick up that 2 a.m. call, I wouldn't have been in the room with Ray J. And, um, you know, I'm not saying Ray J is the biggest catch, but, you know, seven years ago, uh, the Smoke Cloud album is what it was. Dude, if you're from Um, Kentucky, Ray J is a big deal. No, exactly. But uh, we're in L.A. and uh, from Utah, Rage is a big deal. (laughs) But But it's like, that's crazy to think about. That's like, it's not that big of a deal to you because you're from L.A. You know, it's like, that's that's so wild. But um, it's one of those where like, you know, he he was working on Smoke Clouds. I never got the credit for it, but I recorded uh, the titular song Smoke Clouds um, or I recorded a good amount of it. Um, But, um, you know, I got the experience. I got in the room and then I actually got callbacks for four more sessions. There you go. um, For that same album, which was really dope. And they all happened at 17 Hertz. Like everything was really cool. But it was one of those where like I was 25 years old. Uh, I'm turning 32 this month. Um, So I was 25 years old and it was just me and my girl in a one bedroom apartment paying 900 bucks a month, you know, in Alhambra. I drove a 2003 Civic that I didn't have payments on anymore. You know, I just, I had the lowest possible cost I could possibly have so that I can continue doing this. And I worked from home. I didn't have a big studio or anything. I just networked with people and tried to build good relationships. And that resulted in somebody calling me when their hard drive died. Mm -hmm. And that resulted in a Ray J session and three more after that. 
Yeah. So that's the thing that happens when you're available. So I do think kind of closing this this podcast episode, let's go over it one more time. Location. Yeah. And then we talked about experience and skill. We've mm-hmm. talked about the ability to handle with stress. We've talked about networking. Um, let's talk about into practically now. Now you're in LA, you're working hard. Maybe you're even getting good at Pro Tools or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, if you want to work with these bigger artists, you have to know Pro Tools. Yeah. Um, it, it's not good. In, you you can get away if you know Logic or Ableton. If you're a producer, then it doesn't matter. But if you're trying to be an engineer specifically, you have to know Pro Tools. Um, it doesn't matter. Whether or not you like Pro Tools, you have to know Pro Tools and be mm-hmm. good with it as an engineer. As a producer, it matters less. But uh, if you can produce and engineer that's like you're that's a dangerous combo it's a yeah. great combo to have so might as well just learn pro tools um anyway so the last thing is okay now you're there you're in the right place you you have the mindset you have the ability you have uh the lack of responsibility <laughs> <laughs> and uh you're you're just trying to get into these big rooms um you're not going to get calls at 8 p.m. or 2 a.m. in the morning. Mm. You know, you're not going to get those calls just because you're in the location. The last thing is like now a practical advice is to either intern, go up to studios, um, talk to them about these studios often do need last minute engineers. Like you don't have to go to the biggest, biggest ones. Just find some local ones. Um, Even the local ones have great credits and big, big uh, artists coming through all the time. Oh yeah. So, just go around to the studios, make sure that you're available, go through their training programs if they have any. Um, you don't have to spend money, but you don't have to go to a school. And just make sure that you're available. Take donuts as well, have resumes. Yeah. Um, some, I mean, from someone that looks at a lot of resumes, keep your resume super simple. And if you don't, if just put in the relevant information. Like, I don't give a shit if you worked at Sprouts or if you worked at Barnes right. & Nobles. But I do give a shit that, like, you know how, how how proficient you are at Pro Tools, how many songs you've worked on in the past, or if you have any, like, experience owning or running or running at a studio, mm-hmm. assisting for an engineer. Those are things that matter more. If you know how to video edit. I will ooh. say this about your resume. Don't flourish it with stuff that you can be called out on easily. Even oh, if yeah, you, that's even just, if you just think, common sense. Yeah, even if you think you know about, let's say, Pro Tools, right? But you've never ran a major session, you're like, Pro Tools expert. Um, chances are you're not the a Pro owner Tools of the studio is a Pro Tools expert, which is why they know how to run a business like a studio and stay afloat. Um, it's slightly detrimental, and I say slightly because everybody gets room to grow. That's the point of an internship, right? But if out the gate you've been caught in a lie it's not a good look yeah i will i will say that it's better to say it's better to say i have less experience but i'm very fast at learning and more importantly dedicated to learning yeah like this is going to be a priority for me i'd rather have that resume than someone that says i'm really good at what i do and then i find out that they're not good yeah that's like that's how you don't get called back i always tell people like i don't mind repeating myself i just mind when i'm repeating myself to a wall like, if you're not going to grow, then that's it. Cool. I would rather have somebody who's completely new. Like, uh, Henry's a good example of this. He never used Pro Tools before, and he got to the point within a year where he was engineering a Keisha session for me because I wasn't available. Great. You yeah. know, like, within a year, you can get there. But that's what, like, he was there at the studio almost every day. There was times where I had to tell him to go home. Yeah. So, I mean, practically as well, another practical thing, too, is is going back to the networking thing. Now, 
as much as you can, you want to network with people who are going to hire you. And again, networking equals just becoming friends with. You don't have to give them a business card and make it about business. But like, go out to these. There's a lot of like get togethers mm-hmm. and parties, meet and greets. Um, go to all of them, even if you're just an awkward person and then just go and meet people as an engineer it's better to know a and r and producers than other engineers but even if you just get to know because other engineers aren't going to hire you but that being said i've been hired a lot by other engineers that weren't able to make it and they needed a backup someone else that can back me up and do it yeah so if you can work with an engineer do so more on like uh, a personal level and then you're gonna have you're gonna be the first time you're gonna get an opportunity to work with someone you're gonna be the backup of the backup of the backup and if you say no to that one opportunity you're probably going to lose the opportunity for future callbacks. And this is actually, that's that's a really good thing to bring up because unfortunately every studio operates with that even if you aren't new. Um, let's say that you're the regular guy for a certain studio and you're trying to build opportunities with this new person who hasn't really given you a lot, but because of that you're turning down sessions at your regular location. Um, I understand the want to grow, but... The more you say no, even if you're a veteran, the less you look available and the more they're going to have to rely on somebody else. So I've seen a lot of veterans lose their spot because of availability. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and that, that's okay for some yeah. people too. Like, the veteran now might have days. actually found a better situation. Yeah, or yeah. like they're like, yeah, they're comfortable. Like for now, and this is where um, I get a little bit out of touch because – I came out here, and just speaking briefly on personal experience, I came out here, and a couple things, I started hitting milestones way too fast, which led to like a deep level of uh, like unhappiness and mm-hmm. depression. Um, we won't get into that, but uh, there's something beautiful about earning things, like going through difficult things to get what you want. Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's difficult to get what you want is more beautiful than you, it just happened. And, and for me, when I moved here... I was so ready to work hard and everything just kind of clicked into place too fast and I went into a major depression, but we won't even go into that. Um, but I'm talking also like the fact that I'm not, I'm no longer in the marketplace. I'm not actively, like if you call me at 8 p.m. and say come in for a session, I will say no, I don't care if you're Drake. I will say no. Like I have very hardcore boundaries. And that sucks because I was about to tell you I have a Drake session for you at eight. Dude, here this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. Like if you told me earlier in the day and I found that it was worth it for the credit, dope. But if you call me at eight thirty for a nine p.m. Drake session, I, I probably won't say yes. Yeah. Um, it, it depends. Maybe I would once, but. It's got to be like if it's Drake, just right? Taste. Just if it's Drake. But if it's like another B tier artist, I probably wouldn't. Smoke Perp? I probably wouldn't. Yeah. And and um, I, I love, I do like some of Smoke Perp's song. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but that, hey, that's the thing, too. It's like. Uh, <laughs> 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 okay. I don't well, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, there's, there's, I'm in a position right now where, and I don't know if. If you are, I mean, you're more flexible than I am because I've got kids. But uh, yeah, like I'm just in a position right now where like I'm good with where I'm at. I make enough money from just working at home in my own boundaries. I work like nine to five, nine to six, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. I don't even work on the weekends. And like I'm like booked out the wazoo. Like I'm busy during that 40 hours. And I probably work a little bit more than 40 hours. And I want to spend time with kids more than I do want to work with an artist. So, and so like I'm in a different position right now. So I am now to a certain degree, depending on what we're talking about, like I'm out of the marketplace for that. Yeah. So like yeah. even Lou has called me and be like, hey, can you do this session with this bigger artist? And I'm like, hell yeah, Lou, that's awesome. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that. No, yeah, like uh, 
recently I actually spoke with one of the artists that I work with a lot and, um, you know, they're like, oh, I haven't seen you around. I was like, oh, it's working. I'm working on this project, this and that. Like, and, um, you know, it's got me pretty busy. And the reality is like. Such a power move to say no to big artists. It It is, but it's a dangerous power move. Mm-hmm. It's a dangerous power move because once again. You got to commit to that. Who's the backup? Yeah, you got to commit to that. But that yeah. being said, like, I'm also imagining like there's lots and lots lots of people that want to be given that opportunity that yep. honestly deserve that opportunity yeah. so i don't feel bad for saying no because yes i miss that opportunity but i know i'm passing it on to someone that needs it more than i do yeah so i think it works out it works out better for the artist it works out better for the engineer it works out better for well depend if you know someone then it works out better for you because now you have somebody else that you know you could trust yeah right but uh that being said like if if you're if you call someone and it's a risk every time you get recommended it's a total risk let's talk about that for a moment yeah recommendations giving recommendations is, is a, a risk, risk. It, you are a so if you were recommend if if you know Lou and Lou has never watched you work they he just likes you, um, which is a great way to get recommended to do something, and Lou knows that you're a recording engineer you record you're comfortable with Pro Tools that's all he knows about he's never seen you work he don't he doesn't know if you lied about your ability to use Pro Tools but he likes you enough to give you this opportunity with let's say. Keisha Cole, right? Or like or just another anybody any, anybody doesn't matter, and he gives you that opportunity. Right, that is a risk on Lou, and you are a liability because if you mess it up or if you upset the artist, I just won't recommend you anymore. Not only will you not be recommended, but your name is now going to be shit on. Nobody's going to rec. Very few people like Lou's circle is gone, and anybody tied with Lou is gone. And so, what you want to do? It's like low key damage control, and then if you are good enough and experienced enough. Um, you're going to be recommended even more. Now, if you if you do it like if you recommend someone, you take that risk and give someone yeah. the opportunity and they kill it. They're oh, it so happy. It makes Lou look like he's the GOAT. Yeah. To both the manager, the AR, the artist, or whatever. Like it makes Lou look good. But if Lou, like for example, when I moved out here, I recommended the same person to two different artists, local artists, no mm-hmm. big deal. Local artists and my the person that I recommended fucked up so bad that both of those artists actually like, called me with death threats, which is a whole nother oh, thing. God. Yeah. Was, we won't even get into, which yeah. is a whole drama thing. But like, it comes back. So if it's good or bad, it comes back to the person. That's, it's yeah. a big risk. Think about like how a contractor works, right? You you want a house built, or maybe you're just renovating your backyard, right? We'll just use a backyard as an example. You just got grass and turf in the backyard, right? But you're like, you know what? I'd love a good barbecue pit. And you hire a contractor. The contractor's going to be like, okay, I got a brick guy because they want this special kind of gray brick or something. But then you hire the guy and then it comes out wrong. The client's not looking at the brick guy. He's looking at you. Mm, That's true. You know, I don't care about the brick guy. Why'd you recommend this guy? Did you not communicate with the brick guy? Did you not know that he didn't have the right brick? I thought we talked about this. Like, you know what I need. Yeah. Why so, did you bring me somebody that doesn't know what I need? So if you want to be recommended, be reliable yep. and be great. Be great. Yeah. Uh, and you got one chance, man. You got one chance. Yeah. And that's that's why it's honestly really important. If you're going to make a recommendation, be very careful of who you recommend. Because just like how DK said, it does come back. Well, they might not take your recommendations in the future. And let me, let me be really tough and sincere about this as yeah. well. Because here's the deal. If you get recommended and you have the skill and you're really good, mm-hmm. you just didn't 
personally, emotionally get along with the artist, so they have a bad experience. Not because you're bad at Pro Tools or anything, yeah. but because you just didn't get along. You clashed or butt heads or whatever. Um, one, that probably means you weren't, you didn't do your job and you didn't shut up enough. <laughs> you probably talked too much um, yeah. and you didn't know your place. But uh, e- even if that happens, that's so few and far between that. Dude, I mean, if you didn't have a good experience or it didn't work out, it's probably because you suck. It's not because the artist it just didn't work out with the artist. It's because you need to understand that you have a lot more to improve. Don't let cognitive bias get in your way. You yeah. probably suck, and it's more important that you admit it than it is to be like, oh, it was just a bad experience. We just didn't click. No, that's probably true too, but it also was because you suck and you couldn't handle it. If if you were great, then the artist wouldn't would have had a decent experience even if the, you clashed heads. But it, also even if, if you're great. if it's an idea you don't like and the artist does, that's a big factor in whether you the artist like, has a good time or not to, that's the problem with like nowadays way too many people are dishonest to each other and then with dishonest yeah. to themselves like way too many people are like I know I'm good but that was just a bad experience no you're not good that's why that was a bad experience yep. and you're losing a great learning opportunity by not admitting to the truth because as we communicated good is more relative to not just technical skill but your personal skill oh absolutely yeah so, so you if suck. it was a you bad fuck, experience it could have been one of two factors but if one of those factors suck you still suck so here's the thing i don't i do not like to sugarcoat things and say hey it's gonna be fine no it's not gonna be fine like if you if you fucked up you've lost a big opportunity but the good news is you're gonna get a lot more but -hmm. it's again going back to it's really 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 valuable and important to know where you stand to know what your boundaries are know what you're willing to do know what your skill level is relative to other people and to commit that's the last thing that i want to add is your ability to commit and to focus yeah so if you come out here and you're like hey i'm gonna do my engineering thing but and but you're a responsible human being that's like okay i'm gonna get a day job Mm -hmm. that's a very responsible thing that everybody should do you should do that. Yeah. But let me tell you something right now. <sighs> if you're a hyper-focused, irresponsible tard, oh, where you're like willing to go broke to do and do nothing else other than engineering, yeah. you're more likely to make it, unfortunately. Yeah. Which you're, is why it's probably better to do it when you're 20. Yeah. So not, you, not that it's impossible, but... Dude, there's yeah. something about like if like because I know a lot of and we call it the golden handcuffs. You come out here, you get a nice cushy job. Now you got golden handcuffs. Now you're unable to leave that and risk everything for that 8 p.m. gig because you got a job at 6 a.m. the next day that is consistent and pays pretty well, and you know you could pay rent with. You're not willing to risk that regular job for this one-time high-risk scenario. You don't even yeah. know if you're gonna get called back. And and you don't even know if you're gonna get paid for it, so, you know. So it's like it's it's it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, there is one way to, and this isn't surefire because it's still time consuming. But if you let's say you have kids, let's say you have a wife, let's say you have a, a more or a husband or a husband doesn't really matter what you could have a dog, you know, but. Let's say that you are kind of glued to your situation, both in location and profession, right? But you're having a hard time finding ways to build trust with people around you and network and look for opportunities. You know, there's one thing I did notice on YouTube, and this is something I like to do. I look at I like to look at YouTubers mixing rates. Hmm. Um, they're typically a thousand plus per mix. 
And then when I look at the actual credits, it's never somebody I've ever heard of in the genres that they're actually pitching. Like uh, there was one that was like a like rock they're not group. like A tier artists. It's... They're not A tier artists or B tier. They're typically like C tier and below. And the C tier was like a song that was like on a TV show, not an actual album release or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not talking shit about the YouTuber themselves, but think about it. They wouldn't put the price if people weren't paying for it. And most people will say, send me a quote versus buy now. You know, like I have a buy now feature in my uh, website, but I don't have it like publicly. Like I don't just promote $500 or whatever. Just go to my website. If you like the price, you can buy now. If you need a a different price point or something, you can always ask me for a quote. If you want to do an album, you can ask me for a quote. But if you want to just statically book, uh, some of these YouTubers are charging a thousand plus with no credits. Um, That's because, dude, trust goes longer. Trust Trust goes goes so further. content creation, I'm not saying it's easy. Because trust me, DK, you've seen my videos. They suck. Uh, (laughs) Um, nice self-deprecating. I'm just saying humor. the content is good. The 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 so execution the of the is... editing is okay. just subpar. The, the, you the know, editing. Yeah, yeah. The editing is subpar. I'm not very aesthetic. What, what is the, what is the? Uh, I think there's like a general rule of thumb that I've heard. It's like it's in order to do well on YouTube, you got to do have two of three things. You got to have good editing, mm-hmm. interesting topics. Or like a great personality, and you got to pick two. <laughs> if you don't have a great personality, you got to have good editing and interesting topics. Yeah. And if yeah. you don't have good editing, you got to have a good personality and interesting topics. Yeah. What if you only have a good personality? Oh Duh, yeah, you need sucks. you need to learn some <laughs> editing. <Duh. laughs> so uh, the funny thing is this: like, you know, these guys have built. Uh, guys girls it's whatever um they build trust in their community by creating content that is not just supporting of themselves but if you target it properly like let's say as an artist this is how an engineer would approach your mix as an artist this is how this or as an artist this is how i like to work with my engineers and then that might actually attract engineers to want to work with you because they see how you like to work with engineers they might resonate with that Mm. whatever point is that if you can find a way to build trust without actually having to lose your current situation, you could still do this at 30, 40, 50, 60. There's, um, what's his name? All he does is review music. And like, he's like the greatest top 10 drum fills. And then he'll have his buddies play the drums in his studio. And he's just promoting his studio the whole time. He'll play the guitar and play the licks and explain why he likes the licks so much and why they work so well musically. And because of this, this guy, even though he was already producing a lot, think about it. Rock and roll doesn't really sell as much as it used to, but yet he's finding a lot more clients because of his YouTube channel. Maybe, maybe if we, we should do an episode about how to make a living from engineering or producing in your local in your local area yeah in your local area because that's separate again from what we're talking about today which is like working with celebrities right but like yeah thanks to the internet referrals yeah thanks to the internet there's ways that you can overcome the trust barrier Mm -hmm. so much more efficiently so much faster so much more scalably yeah scale scalable in a much more scalable sense yeah there you go in a much more scalable way yeah <laughs> anyway, um, by the way, this episode and these future episodes from now on, we don't really have to talk about it, but I'm I'm gonna start dropping Sweetwater links. Nice. Um, yeah, we are now an official partner with Sweetwater. So anytime that you podcast. click the link, we'll we'll just do mixingmusicpodcast.com forward slash sponsors. Sweetwater. 
Sweetwater. Nice. Mixingmusicpodcast.com forward slash Sweetwater. What it does is it takes you to like our special affiliate link. And if you buy anything within, I think, what is it, within like a week or two mm-hmm. of clicking our link, which is like it captures your cookies or whatever it is. Um, we we get cookies. we get like a solid like five pennies, dude. We get five percent. But I mean, if you're Ooh. if you're gonna buy something that's pretty expensive on Sweetwater anyway, uh, we really appreciate if you just click the link because we make lie. money and it doesn't cost you anything. I'm not gonna lie, I was thinking about upgrading Studio A with Apollo 16. I might just uh, send us five percent back, dude. Heck there's, yeah. a, there's a Cash App promo, and maybe I'll do cash it back on my credit card. There you go. I'll try to get all the cash backs together. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's a great way to do it. And oh um, <laughs> I feel hilarious. like that's against the rules. I think it using is. your own. I, I bet it would be. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, so one more time, that is mixing music podcast forward slash dot com forward slash. Sweetwater, but I'll have like whenever we do like episodes about gear, I'll I'll link the specific gear yeah. to like the to the information part of the podcast. Yeah, like in Sweetwater the bio. doesn't have it the most closely related unit. Sweetwater has everything. Cloud. I love Sweetwater. Yeah. There's a reason why I reached out to them is because they I don't. By the way, dude, I love I love sweet. No, I'm not going to say what I was about to say, but Sweetwater's the best. I you love don't Sweetwater. Don't love cookies. No, I no, get no, it. no. Anyway, um, love y'all. Love. Uh, uh, being an engineer, man, being a music producer is great. It's, it's, dude, I, that, oh, that's another topic we could talk about maybe on a different episode is, is I got um, a part-time day job from November to February for like three months. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of great things I learned about it. And then that's a whole nother topic. We can get into it. Um, I actually was like, really like, it really hurt my pride and I didn't even talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I did it, and now that it's done and I'm back to doing music full-time again, dude, I, there's so many good things that I learned about both myself and um, I don't know about my career. I'm like really excited I, about it. That's probably one of the I best things. Say, my mental ego health. death in that sense no, really should help. Dude, my mental health is so much better now. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It's crazy because I feel like I was really ungrateful about my music career mm-hmm. and then I did that and it was like a really dope job it was a great job I loved it mm-hmm. and I still ended up wanting to do music and then it made me realize how great it is to for my regular music. to yeah. do music so it's like I didn't I almost like quit music and then now I like came back to it it's like oh my gosh and like when I became grateful for this is a whole nother episode when I became grateful for doing music again like all of a sudden all the floodgates opened and every opportunity opened up and dude yeah things just started happening clicking back into place anyway we'll get into that this is a different episode but um, if you're looking to engineer, if you're looking to produce, if you're looking to record, um, even if you're looking to mix eventually, it's, uh, it's a great, pl- th- great thing. Location, 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 man. Oh yeah. And, uh, on that note, we hope you all the success in the world. We hope you much happiness. We, we wish you much love, uh, success, all the jazz. Um, we hope that you continue to keep your head full of hair. And on that note, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.